Hi guys, uh, and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode two, the very first episode with a guest. Um, Before I go into introducing that guest, I just want to take a moment to say a huge thank you to everybody who who's reached out, who's commented, who's shared the podcast, the initial intro episode. Um, Despite the fact it's obviously me rambling for five or so minutes, um, it's obviously there to to sort of introduce you guys to the concept of why I'm doing this uh, crazy podcast and, um, you know, what I really want to achieve, which is giving artists a platform to share their stories of of who they are as people and not just musicians because I think that's such an important thing. Um, learning from each other and learning from our own experiences and that's um, definitely something I think even speaking personally as an artist who's you know obviously had interviews and stuff I think it's something that's really missing Um, so I you know I'm so honored to have the chance to explore these sort of um, this sort of concept with with artists and um, the response I've gotten from musicians as well and and wanting to be a part of it is just um, honestly it's humbling because um, having the opportunity to help them share their stories is, is just, um, honestly, I'm lost for words even trying to describe it. It just makes me so happy to have the opportunity to do it. Um, but without further ado, I wanted to introduce you guys to the very first guest, which is Aaliyah. Aaliyah is, you know, an incredible person and a wonderful musician. She's, you know, based on the Gold Coast, uh, but she covers her upbringing in Mullumbimby as well as her travels, um, you know, throughout the world. She's hit over 35 countries, um, including, you know, some pretty rough travels, uh, starting with sleeping in a park in Japan even. So there's so much that she covers off that's that's really touching. Um, you know, stuff like that, her passion about animal welfare, and um, even just some stories of um, the, the, the troubles of being a traveling musician and um, some of the things that she's sort of had to do on her journey to to get to, to where she is um, in her life, both as a as a person and as a musician. So it's a really fascinating story. I think the perfect way to kick things off because she's such a, a great a great communicator and she's experienced so much and I really think you guys will, will appreciate where I'm coming from when you listen to this episode. So without further ado, I will introduce Aaliyah. Hi Aaliyah, how are you? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> good, good. You gotta love the fake intro. Gotta love it, yeah. It's, it's the best <laughs> it's part. It's like we of... haven't seen each other. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my God, you just walked into my room and here you are. It's amazing. There's a microphone set up and we're ready to go. I know, who would have thought? What a, what a coincidence. <laughs> it kind of was what happened because uh, yeah. we got our dates wrong and I literally did show up on your doorstep. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's only the football and Brisbane were losing, so it doesn't really matter too much. I don't know anything about football, so I can't empathise as to whether that yeah. was a sarcasm or not. But... I've been watching football for many years and I still don't really know much. Okay. So. <laughs> How are you? How's things? How's the the last year been? It's been a crazy time. Yeah, it's been it has been a time. Um, things are definitely on the up now, um, and I still, you know, have always preferred to stick on the side of gratitude of how lucky we've been in Australia and Queensland. Um, but yeah, it definitely has been an interesting year. Yeah, <laughs> for everybody. So it's it's amazing that we kind of already feel like we're on the other side a little bit because I know a lot of my friends overseas are not in the same boat, and I can really feel for them. Yeah, no, we're very fortunate. I think as Australia as a whole, but mm. particularly Queensland, like we 
feel like we really dodged a, a big bullet, didn't we? Exactly. We've yeah. just been out in the sun, chilling. <laughs> yeah, I know. How hard lockdown I, in the sun. Yeah, I know. We had to wear a mask for the first time, what, a couple of a month ago or something. Yeah, was, I know. Everyone was Gosh. like, oh. Yeah, people were freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I loved seeing some of the uh, the uh, protests in the city for three days of mask wears. Oh, it's so dramatic. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> and also a bit insensitive, I think. But... Yeah, just just anyway. a bit, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you spend last year? Like, what did you get up to when you were, obviously, when gigs stopped for, for a while? Um, yeah, so last year was meant to be a really big year. And um, as I said, obviously, I feel pretty lucky that my impact was relatively low, but I did still have a very big year planned that all got cancelled. So uh, I was meant to go live in Europe. Mm. Um, so I was meant to do a trip to New Zealand and then go live in, in Holland for most of last year. I was going to be the bridesmaid at my french friends wedding and Mm. um you know travel to a bunch of new countries over there and play music over there and and stuff so it was going to be a big year and also my partner and i had been long distance so we were meant Mm. to be reunited um finally and like living together over there but everything fell apart in march as it did for everybody and um we ended up being long distance for another year and and separated for five months completely because he moved to tassie for work so Mm. Um, so yeah, so a lot of last year was kind of spent very, very solitary, uh, which is okay. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I was lucky that I could still work, um, and that I was already in kind of a freelance work from home lifestyle a lot of the time. So it didn't feel that dissimilar, except for the fact that I didn't have the music on yeah. the weekends, which was a big part of my work and my income. Mm. Um, and then from there, I actually went and did hotel quarantine and went and stayed in Tassie for three months. So mm. that was also that was beautiful to be able to explore a new place and feel like I was traveling and, and also the COVID restrictions weren't really in place down there. But um, also it was a little bit difficult because it was middle of winter down there, yeah. freezing cold, oh, no <laughs> hotel doubt. quarantine, yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. So I was home by myself a lot down there as well um, and kind of just working like quite isolated. So it was, it was an interesting year, but at the same time, I still think I fared very well and I, I got a lot of creativity out of it. I did a lot of songwriting in Tasmania and in quarantine and, and at home in the time that I had to myself. So yeah. I just tried to make the best of it. And I think that, yeah, I, I've really tried to stay extremely grateful because I, I could see um, through the relationships I have overseas and stuff and everything I was reading. There was just so much going on in the world and we really fared very well. Yeah, so, definitely. And at yeah. least Tasmania is a beautiful place to ride. Such so. a beautiful place. Yeah, stunning. On the weekends, um, we got to go out and explore and see all these pretty places and it felt like it felt like I was somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I'd hey. never been there, so it was a really nice experience. So, yeah, yeah definitely only, silver lining. Yeah, I've only ever been there once and it was like every, basically everywhere you go is something scenic and beautiful. It's ridiculous. You just can't avoid it. It's almost like after a week there, you're like, oh, look, another beautiful mountain range. Oh, well, <laughs> that old thing <laughs> yeah that old thing I'm oh, not another hill <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean again like some of the hikes I haven't I didn't really get to do because it was just too cold um, but I really want to go down and do some serious hiking because I feel like that would be a really beautiful way to spend a couple of weeks just exploring some of the tracks yeah mm. nice well that was 2020 what about um, Aaliyah growing up like where did you when you were growing up where did you get your love for music was it like always around you or yeah uh, I grew up in Mullumbimby which is a little town near Byron Bay in um, northern New South Wales and I grew up on a big farm there pretty um, pretty alternative family so that was always good fun you know we were always running around on the farm and um, my mum used to be a singer so we would always be making music together and singing and she was a really big support in that way Mm. 
and I just had a lot of freedom as a child. I was really lucky and really uh, in, inspired and encouraged to be creative and um, not really kind of inhibited at all. So I was allowed yeah. to just do whatever I wanted and it was great. And it's funny, you know, my brothers and I have grown up very, very straight people for people that had <laughs> such freedom as children. It's almost like... Um, yeah, we kind of we just kind of made our own rules, but <laughs> yeah. But it was really it was a really great free open childhood and and yeah, very lucky now that I look back on it to have had those experiences, especially just before the technology as well. I grew up without television mm. or no phone reception, no internet for most of oh, wow. up into my mid-teens, I think. So very um yeah, no wonder I ended up being creative because there wasn't a lot else to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now you're a tech whiz doing the, all your PR and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I learned pretty quickly once <laughs> yeah. I got on it because you yeah, get addicted. You yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, I was always just out with my animals and um, and making music and talking. Lots of very communicative family, and I think that helped me like process very easily. And that's why maybe songwriting is something that comes quite naturally as well. Yeah, no doubt. Well, speaking of animals, Trembles, the, the cutest little dog. <laughs> the on famous Trembles. The famous Trembles, <laughs> the Chihuahua. So you've had Trembles for five years now? Yeah. So yeah, Trembles is my little senior Chihuahua. She's an absolute delight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, she was my foster fail. I used to work at an animal shelter at the Animal Welfare League of Queensland and worked there for a few years uh, and fell in love with a lot of animals. But um ended up fostering I think she was my 13th foster and she was the only one I kept I was very proud of that that I didn't mm. I managed to keep uh, to give everyone else back but yeah she's just a special little dog she was six when I got her she'd been through a pretty rough time mm. had some healthy like skin issues and stuff and just with so much love she's just been a beautiful example of how um, love and time and patience can just um really make any dog flourish or any animal flourish and I love having those conversations with people and people come up to chat to me about her because um a lot of people you know just 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 go like is she a puppy and I'm like no she's 10 (laughs) um but but yeah it's it's beautiful she went from a pretty snappy very scared trembling hence Mm. her name um little dog and now she's really healthy she's learned how to play she's she's chilled enough that I can take her to like volunteer with primary school kids as a reading dog like she's oh, really amazing. really flourished so she's my pride and joy and, and um, she sleeps like 22 hours a day but when she's awake <laughs> she's very loving oh, <laughs> living the dream sleeping 22 hours a day then getting to play with kids uh, do, helping them read for I the know. next two how accomplished she's would you like feel she's like Mother Mary she's <laughs> living her best life <laughs> yeah it's amazing I think um, like you know with, with foster dogs I think a lot of people are uncertain um, for taking them in but it's just it's like you know with with Luna as well like these foster dogs they just need love and care and then they can flourish like any other dog it you know they've always they obviously have such challenges um, but they just need a chance don't they absolutely I mean having worked in the shelter for a few years I saw the good the bad and the ugly and um, and I think you know some dogs have some some of the animals have no issues they are just like fit and ready dogs just to, ready to go straight into a family and they don't really need any adjustment mm. period and some of them have had um, you know some trauma or whatever just or some behavioral issues that need to be worked through but mm. I think that you know you'd give a puppy like six to 12 months to settle in and and learn and you'd give them a lot of love in that time and patience Mm. and I feel like people don't have that for an adult dog or a dog that they've gotten from the shelter they see it as like problem already already troubled or already broken Mm. and I think that that's a really sad and and very incorrect way of viewing it because a lot of the time they are either perfect dogs already or they will take less time than a puppy to settle in 
Um, yeah. And you've got no guarantees with a dog from a breeder or a pet shop or anything. Not yeah, exactly. Endorse those ways of getting animals anyway. But yeah, yeah I think it's just a really, um, it's a nice thing to know that you're like saving a life directly yeah. by your choices and where you spend your money and how you get your animals. So yeah, I definitely endorse that. Yeah. <laughs> Does Trembles come on many trips with you when you're traveling? Yeah, like, yeah. She's So she stays with my mum when I have to fly to places and when yeah. I go overseas. But she's she's road tripped across Australia. She's been all over Queensland. She is like a very well-traveled little dog. <laughs> and she's the perfect um, road trip buddy. She just curls up and sleeps all the time. So she... When I um, actually drove out to the outback, she came with me. On oh, that really? Trip. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, so that was 23 hours. And my I actually burst two tires on the way oh. uh, at the same time. And I was in the on the back roads, like past Grafton in New South Wales. Um, and I ended up having to like put her under my arm and go door knocking in the middle oh, of nowhere. No, like, rural no. New South Wales. It was so dodgy. Uh, but anyway, she was my little protector. <laughs> were were and, the people there helpful? Like, were they all friendly? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a trek because, you know, it was oh, rural. Yeah, they were yeah. far away. But Two I corners did, and they're not high. Oh, okay, I back know. up the driveway. Oh, yeah. It really did happen like that. But I um, I scared the wits out of this lady who was there with her children. And thankfully, she, she was like, <laughs> okay, I'll use my phone. She was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously not expecting anyone to turn up with their chihuahua on her doorstep that day. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what an odd sight. Like, I know. Oh, is that a mirage? <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's really a person with a chihuahua on it now. Yeah, I'm sure it was like a, a legally blonde scene probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh gosh, that would have been... If only you filmed it, it would have uh, been... I think I was too worried about not having yeah, reception and yeah, <laughs> having and two burst tires, to be honest. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I think, yeah, it's like a nice idea in hindsight. Yeah. No, and where's my film crew? <laughs> yeah. So on travel, you've traveled to 35 plus countries, right? Mm. If, if I remember correctly. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been good fun. I um, didn't grow up in a family that prioritized traveling. We'd actually, like, I don't think we'd ever been on a family holiday, but. Um, always a very open-minded family and it had always been something that I dreamed of doing like Europe especially was like my land of dreams I could not wait to get there and um yeah I did a little bit of my first trip was when I was 16 with a family friend or like um their whole family I just joined in yeah (laughs) part of the family (laughs) yeah yeah literally I am totally part of that family and, and they took me with them and um I kind of got the reality of what it was like. We went to Indonesia and Malaysia. And then Mm. after that, I went on a few trips with my ex-partner. And then when I really came into my stride of falling in love with traveling was when I started to travel by myself. Mm. And I think that solo traveling, like my first trip was to Japan. Um, I was 19, I think 20. And um, I went for a month and booked it two weeks before I went Mm. and I just went and I was terrified. I was terrified. I nearly turned around at the airport and went home. but, and I really wasn't organized either. Like I, I booked, I think I'd booked accommodation cause I was scared of like sleeping on the street, which I ended up doing anyway. I slept in a park one day. Oh really? <laughs> Why not? It's another story. That's um, a nice park. <laughs> Japan's pretty safe, which yeah. I felt pretty good about. It's a about, very clean place too, right? Yeah. No garbage. Yeah, so. no, it was great. Great, great park. park. <laughs> I slept on a bed of tourist maps and yeah. my backpack. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, when I got there, it just seemed like I met all the right people at the right times. Mm. Um, I, you know, couldn't didn't know how to use the train cards and I met this lovely Australian guy and then a few weeks later he needed someone to sign like a passport document for him and he he completely wrecked his passport it would have ruined his whole seven month trip and I was there to sign it it was just like we I just met some lifelong friends there and it was amazing so Mm. um that really I did all these things I never thought I'd do I climbed Mount Fuji um 
went to the naked hot springs like all these things <laughs> that I was never thought I would do in Japan yeah, I did awesome. and it was just so much more eye-opening and and fun than I ever thought like all these little experiences mm. I think when you're by yourself you're very approachable you're very open um, I ended up cooking learning how to cook this weird Japanese food with a <laughs> with a dwarf at a, a Japanese dwarf at like a food stand oh, like all wow. this weird stuff <laughs> happened but it was just so what fun what an adventure <laughs> it was it was really good and I as I said met lifelong friends my French friend that I was meant to be her maid of honor um last year she was a girl that I met overseas and mm. in that on that trip and um yeah, and ever since then, sorry, I went to a lot of other Asian countries for about a month at a time, and then I mm. took the bigger plunge and went to Europe for longer, um, and that was that was an amazing trip. That was that was my big kind of European European adventure, and I thought that would be the biggest one. And then the next year, I got this amazing um, opportunity to be a travel rider for a company, oh, wow. and I got put together with three strangers, and we travelled around Europe for three and a half months together, amazing. and um, created content and documented our trip. So wow, how incredible! It was a really, it's been an amazing adventure, and I, yeah. I love it. And I think that you know everyone has different priorities, and I understand that I'm lucky that I don't have you know I haven't put got a lot of things like responsibilities that need my finances here, so I'm able to, um, yeah, yeah, I was able to spend it on adventures, and I think that's I don't know opportunity uh sorry experiences over things have always been like a good motto i think <laughs> yeah definitely yeah how has um your travels shaped your songwriting oh hugely i think uh i think when you're a songwriter you you as you grow so does your perspective on things and um you know the the way that you can write and i think that my songwriting was so it, it is so personal and it's so therapeutic and mm. it's so um a part of me that mm. that as I was meeting all these amazing new people and having all these adventures and um, and really learning more about myself I could write on a much deeper level and I had a lot more inspiration so I you know I didn't do it easy either on that first trip I was couch surfing with mm. complete strangers and I was um, you know catching buses and, and busking and yeah. <laughs> I was doing it you know I wasn't I was I didn't do it as a luxury trip at all mm. staying in like 20 bed hostels and getting bed bugs and breaking I broke my foot halfway through oh, that trip what? like all this stuff happened so it was quite a it was quite a trip and there was lots of um, interesting people to inspire me and and I ended up actually really prioritizing keeping that songwriting up by writing what I called the travel collection so mm. it was a, a bunch of songs um that the initial challenge was to write a song about every single country that I went to, but it ended mm. up kind of morphing into every single city I went through. And mm. since then, it's just a free-for-all as to anything that inspires me while I'm traveling. And that collection now has over 100 songs in it oh, from wow. like Tasmania and the middle of the New South Wales outback mm. and all over Europe and Asia and all these different places. So it's it's that's been a great songwriting tool to kind of make these little postcards to myself and mm. also make sure that I'm like processing and documenting those moments and memories. It's a beautiful way of sharing it. Yeah, that's wonderful. It'll be like, you know, years down the track when you're old, someone will ask, what's your biography? You can just mm. say, here's the discography. Exactly. Oh, I, I reckon <laughs> this that's is a beautiful me. way this to is, This is who I, who I am and where I've come from. Yeah, what a, that's so awesome. I think that's a beautiful... Um, a beautiful way to sum up a songwriter's life and I also mm. that's why I'm really excited to release more music you know this coming year because I just think it's I haven't things have been a bit sparse on the releases to the world like if mm. people come to my gigs they would hear a lot about me but mm. yeah the, the songs that are out there at the moment haven't haven't ha, there's not many so I'm excited to continue to to build them up yeah mm. well speaking of gigs um obviously we did Torch Fest together and your set was was phenomenal I really loved oh, your set thank you it was, um, you know, I'd only really ever seen you, like videos of you play 
acoustic solo stuff. Mm. So seeing you with the band, it was, um, yeah, it was an experience to say the least. How, how do you, like when you're playing solo V with a band, like what's your, like, do you vibe differently? Like how do you feel on, on stage? Absolutely. I mean, I've really prioritized playing solo because, um, it's kind of become a big part of my identity mm. just being able to pick up and go whenever I want yeah. and, and traveling around the world and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, mm. and it is, does make it a lot harder having a band or more people involved mm. in that, um, in that project. And I think having that, yeah, freedom to just play anywhere and at any time mm. has been amazing, but I, I have really noticed. And I think that, you know, COVID was a really good reminder of that actually was, um, there's just so much energy and, and, have uh, lack of a better word like vibe <laughs> that you get from being with other people and and j- jumping off their excitement um, mm. over what you're doing and I think as I'm bringing out this new music and hearing how that sounds and how it's being shaped with my producer um, Brad Hosking he he really has brought it to life with all the other instruments and it's it's really brought up my imagination and expectation of myself as well of what I can mm. deliver to an audience so I'm really grateful um, that I can play instruments and I, and I can deliver a solo show just uh, you know just as heartfelt as as if I'm with a band but definitely having that experience with the band um which was the first time we'd played a show together like it's just something fresh putting us together this this group of people um but it definitely just made me feel so much more excited by what I'm bringing out and I think it sounded so much closer to the recording as well that it really helped the audience connect with what I'm doing and what I'm doing moving forward as well yeah so, awesome yeah, well, yeah people definitely connected with the set as well like it was such a great set and it was just it definitely felt it had the same sort of level of intimacy as like a solo show does which is hard to do with the band so it was really it was really great Thank I, you. I loved it oh thanks yeah i think all those years you know i think everything happens for a reason and, mm. and you meet people at the right time and i think all these years of um playing solo shows has really you know, it's got me very gig fit and very you know I don't get nervous and I enjoy my mm. crowd so much and all that kind of stuff. And I, can, I feel like I can hold a show solo, but um, yeah, definitely having met these, these guys who also kind of like what I do and, and really connect with it as well was, was a really good timing that we could all come together. And yeah. it, was, it was all a bit haphazard, but I mean, man, we had fun. Yeah. And that was my and main thing. No, you know? one, no one would have guessed. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But no, you, you make a really good point. It, it, it is really important, I think, um, for any artist to be able to play solo. And I know some artists, uh, you know, start with bands and mm. then they get years down the track, like, okay, I've got to play something solo. Man, I get ne- so nervous. Like, mm. I've met so many artists like that. And I think it's, like, I'm sort of the same as you in that I sort of started solo for so many years. So by the time I really got into playing with bands, I had a lot more confidence in doing it. Mm. Um it definitely made the transition much easier because it's less pressure, I think, when you've got a band. It's so much more fun. You can let yourself... You can, you know, obviously feel a bit looser on stage, I think, at least for me. Um, but when you're solo, obviously, you just... You have to <laughs> you have to keep up with yourself on the guitar. So. Totally. And I think that, you know, my main focus is more as a songwriter and a storyteller than as a musician. Like, mm. I haven't had all that formal classical training on my instruments yeah. or anything. I've, I've picked up chords from here, there, and everywhere, and, and mm. that I've written mm. all my hundreds of songs with yeah. just a new chord from that person and that person. So, um, so I definitely 
you know, wouldn't, I don't feel like I'm a, a musical virtuoso and the way that I feel most connected to my crowd is through, um, through that storytelling and that like, you know, on stage yeah. persona. So if I can focus less on what I'm needing to do with my hands and more mm. what I'm doing through that connection and emotional connection with the crowd, then that's definitely my, um, preference. But yeah, I've, I'm, as I said, I've started off in a duo when I was quite young gigging and, and mm. having to work with someone else's availability made it a little bit difficult. Yeah. So I was so grateful that I did become solo and now I, mm. I'm excited to be moving back in and having both options available to me. Yeah, wonderful. Mm. You know, what's really interesting about like what, like your story is that you started off in a place with, as you said, no TV or no internet for so long, yet you, you found a path to, you know, doing PR and then music was there a point like actually at what point did you decide you know i really want to pursue music and how did you get into doing like publicity work like how did that all come together um well i feel like there's never really been a question in my mind about music it's always been my biggest passion my biggest love um and i've i guess always always, i've always believed that i could do it i felt like that's what i'm put on the earth to do (laughs) like i just i just loved i would do it for free i would do it regardless if anyone listened and i think that's why i'm really good at dealing with rejection and dealing with setbacks and dealing with criticism anything i don't mind because i just know that i'm just like staying in my lane and i just love what i'm doing um and i i think i'm pretty good at knowing if i don't love any something anymore it's time to move on and that this the animal shelter that i worked at was Mm. a great example i loved that while i was there and when it was time to move on i moved on yeah um but i do also think that you know for me everyone's multifaceted and Mm. i think if you want to be a good storyteller a good songwriter a good musician i think it's always good to be able to have lived a life and that's how you connect with people and that's how you can write better stories yeah um you can't i don't think just live in a vacuum and then expect to be able to connect with people so for me i was always really interested in academics and um, 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 <laughs> that didn't sound very academic I was, <laughs> I was always really interested in my school and everything yeah. and i was in every extracurricular group and i was very um you know grew up with so much freedom that i was very self-motivated mm. because i didn't have anyone telling me what to do so I was very self-motivated at school and always knew that I wanted to study and do something else um Mm. probably that wasn't music really because Mm. I I figured I could just do music I didn't need to study it yeah so I was I was doing music uh and performing and all that kind of stuff and then I studied a um I got into a few degrees before I sat my final exam so that Mm. gave me a bit of um a bit of headspace but then I decided that I would take some time off and actually decide what I wanted to do Mm. Um, and I considered like law and a few other things cause I'm very interested in social justice and like advocacy and things like that. But yeah. I ended up going into communications. So, um, public, uh, yeah, PR and journalism. Mm. And that just seemed to fit really well cause it's quite creative. Um, mm. and it still is quite academic and I mean, honestly, I didn't even do it going, yeah, I want to be a journalist at the end or whatever. I just yeah. kind of went, yeah, I just, I'm enjoying it and mm. I love it. So I'm going to do it. And I always enjoyed writing. And then I ended up wanting to niche down into music PR and travel journalism mm. and two of the most extremely difficult, yeah. <laughs> such extremely difficult niches to work <laughs> in and get paid work in. Yeah. And I still, um, thankfully have, have seen both of them come true. So that's been mm. really, really great. And it just goes to show, you know, if you love something, it happens, but music like as a musician as an artist has always been my main focus and I think that sometimes those extra skills that you learn only helps that as long as they kind of are related and and having the music business experience has been extremely beneficial I think yeah Yeah. no doubt and I think as well like 
you know, if you look at everything you've sort of done in your life, like when you said you're self-motivated, it's like, that's the most obvious thing. Like if there was one trait with you, like if like in terms of like a professional trait, it's clearly you're super motivated. Like, oh, um, you know. <laughs> it's always so nice to hear when anyone says something like that because it makes, you know, I feel like when you are, um, you have high expectations for yourself when you're driven and all that kind of stuff I always feel like I'm just not doing anything with my life <laughs> like, classic oh, musician feelings oh my I gosh <laughs> I seriously I, I was having that conversation yesterday with my partner I was like I just feel like I'm doing nothing with mm. myself like I just can't seem to you know yeah I guess that also I mean this I know this podcast has a bit of a mental health element I think mm. that also comes from being a little bit uh, highly strung and having that anxiety element where it's just like you're always kind of stressed that you're missing something or mm. um you know not doing enough I always feel like I'm not doing enough so it's <laughs> yeah. probably why I fill my plate with a lot of things <laughs> yeah no I definitely know what you mean I think it like I don't know I haven't asked heaps of musicians about it but I feel like definitely as a musician you know you work so hard and you're like okay you know what's next what am I meant to do now and um it's a lot of the time you're like am I have I done enough it's like even after years and years of doing this now I'm still like I haven't done enough why you know what do I need to do I'm being lazy (laughs) you start getting on yourself that comes I think from the fact that music you know being a musician and independent artist is such it's like a freelance role like you kind of have to be completely self-motivated self-organized and I think you know a lot of my roles Mm. in my life are that you know mm. they're, they're they're freelance or they're self self-motivated i'm mm. working from home i have to be so like self-driven which means that you kind of never feel like you can switch off because yeah. you're always thinking what have i forgotten what am i meant to be doing what can i do more of what can i do better yeah. um i've never had that i guess what a lot of other people have experienced i mean except working at the shelters and doing like normal retail jobs and things yeah. like that i've always worked from a, like 12 years old but mm. um but i've never really had what a lot of other people have in that nine to five uh structure where it's just like they know that they go to work and they know that they come home and they know that like they can leave it there for the most part i've never really had that so it's always just like maybe that's why it's always churning on the back of my mind of like what can i be doing better how can i get to where i want to be where do i even want to be yeah yeah exactly (laughs) because that's the other thing musicianship has no linear path either yeah so that's the other hard thing of like there's no right or wrong way of doing it you just need to keep doing it they did a a study on uh, overnight success in music in Australia recently, or I think it was maybe a year or so ago, and they worked out that it takes a musician on average of 10 years to, to get overnight success. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And yeah. I, that mimics most of the stories that I've heard as well. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I think it's why, like, with music, you just have to constantly look at, um, you know, developing yourself. I think the biggest part with musicians isn't really the, the songs or anything. It's the you got to learn the other side and you've got to just keep upskilling as best you can and just be persistent and trust the process a bit. Because, mm. as you said, it's not linear at all. It's um, it's such an up and down journey, um, you know. Don't so you think one of the biggest things is, like, just knowing who you are and being, like, happy to stay in your lane? I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things. Your sound, your look, your branding, all that mm. stuff. I think that that's one of the the things that can really wreck artists too is just and and i know that i've sat in that limbo for a long time i felt this like fear of nailing myself down to something mm. that i haven't made any decisions at all about what i kind of genre i want to sit in and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff and i think being a quite an avid songwriter i had a lot of options available to mm. me into where i wanted my music to fit and i was just like crap yeah <laughs> what do i choose do I, am i a country singer do i am i a rock girl you know like I yeah. am i just going straight up pop like i didn't know so um yeah, so it's been a bit of a journey. But I think the travel kind of side of things helped me to kind of 
yeah, for now that, that travel collection really helped me start to release music and feel like I had my branding down and that will change I'm sure but that, that just helped me feel like I, I was a bit more organised with who I was putting out into the world and it yeah. was very authentic because that's what I was already putting out into the world I just hadn't connected the dots yet yeah, for sure and um, no, I think what you said before staying true to yourself and like don't try to change just to fit other people's mm. like, oh I think people want to hear this so I'm going to change I think just as you said staying true to yourself is the best thing because you know, I, I'm sure you've met musicians as well who have decided to do a genre change to try to fit a certain mould and it's just not worked for them at all and then you don't feel good playing those songs. Like I know like I, I've spoken to musicians who just wanted to walk away from the industry after mm. doing that because they were just like, man, I don't feel fulfilled at all and it didn't even further my career. So it's such a hard thing and I can understand why people do it, you know, because it's such a hard industry. Uh, it's thankless in so many ways, um, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> You, you know, you play a gig for, you know, $100 and you think about, okay, I earned $100 from that gig. I spent this much on fuel. I spent this many hours practicing. Um, people spoke through my set and then I went home. It was mm. great. Oh, there was one person in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. That spoke oh, ten, 10 people, including yeah. five of my friends. Wonderful. Or none of your friends. Or none of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's always a hard thing too. Yeah, I agree. But I think um, holding on to those moments where you do feel really valued in what you do, like I've had a few moments where... I know that like my songwriting and my my gift that I feel like I was given mm. directly helped people. Whether that was um, a, a very short story, but like one um, lady when I was in high school, her daughter passed away of brain cancer when mm. she was really young, and I wrote a song about it and um, put actually put it out as a recording, and I didn't, didn't even tell her, <laughs> mm. and she heard it and she wrote me this incredible letter, basically outlining who her daughter was and all this amazing connective stuff and she just said how much that song helped her heal mm. from the loss of her daughter i was just wow. like that was one of the most impactful things at such a young age and then um moving forward a man who was like terminally ill who used to come to my i didn't know at the time that he was terminally ill but he used to come to this horrible gig i used to hate doing at this tavern mm. next door to the tavern sorry i was in the restaurant but next door to me was the tavern where there'd be topless waitresses and oh, all these tradies true. and it was just not my scene but yeah. you know when you're starting out and you want the money yeah, it's you, like you do it it was just you take what you can get i wasn't yeah. topless just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just just so you know but i was just playing you know music and my originals and stuff and he ended up telling me that you know coming every single week was like the moment that he was pain free and, mm. and felt, wow. you know, that was his highlight of his month or whatever when I would play there. Mm. And I just thought, wow, you know, even if I only impact two people, that's pretty profound. And if I can continue to work hard to get better at what I do and reach more people, that could have an effect on 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, whatever. And you think of those artists that really do have that effect on people. What a privilege. Like, yeah. there really isn't a greater privilege than that in a, in a role, I don't think. Yeah, 100%. So, that's um, amazing. And, um, like... Just to have those moments, and I think, because like I've had, you know, not, not maybe not quite that level, um, but you know, sometimes you know when you you feeling really down on yourself, mm. and you get a message from someone saying, "Man, I really needed your music." Like even like I did a live stream um, during COVID last year, and I think I had three people tune in. Mm. It was just like it was a fizz. Why am I bothering? Yeah. I know, but I, I stuck it out, and then afterwards, one of them messaged me and just said like how hard their last few weeks have been, and this was such a good moment for them. And I just felt like, you know what? If I live stream and there's one person in the room, it's worth it. You know, absolutely. Because you can, as you said, you can 
literally make a difference. You can save lives with music. Like so many people, you know, especially like you think about when you're a teenager listening to music, how often did music save you? You know, mm. I know for me so many times, like music was the first time I thought, man, someone's been through this. They get me. Mm, that's um, one of my biggest goals and purposes. I feel like with my songwriting is that it's that such a connective tool where people mm. don't feel alone anymore. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I always think that, Yes, a lot of my songs tend to lean on the more like sad stories or the sad moments or the negative emotions or whatever because that's mm. when I'm feeling like I really need to write, um, really have to get that processed and get it out. And for me, that allows me to process it, get it out, and then live a very happy, positive life. I feel yeah. like I'm usually pretty upbeat. But, um, but what I love about that is that you can take those negative emotions, those bad experiences, whatever, and yeah. then you can process them and turn them into something beautiful, which is art or mm. music. And then you can then have a positive impact on other people. I mean, what an amazing 360 that you yeah. can have. So I yeah, just, definitely. I just think that's, a, as I said, a real privilege that we can do that in our job because there's a lot of people who move through their life not not feeling anything like that in the, what they do every single day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's another lesson in what you said is like people, you know, people should really if they take anything from this, like if, if they feel something from people's art or their work, it's, it makes such an impact if you tell them, Yeah, yeah you know, sending definitely. them a message saying you're really talented or I like really love this song or I really mm. connected with this or, you know, whatever, like, or just keep going or like I've listened to, I just, I just saved your song on Spotify in my playlist mm. and I'm going to play it at my shop or whatever. Like yeah. the, the, the tiniest thing it just helps so much and it and it when we at the moment at this level we hear and see everything yes so we, we certainly like, do <laughs> that can literally be the difference you talk about mental health that can be the difference between somebody continuing pursuing their dreams and not yeah um it's just a simple message so emotional currency <laughs> totally the emotional currency needs to keep flowing because you give a lot of emotional you know output when you're a, an artist yeah definitely mm. Yeah, well, this has been such a nice time. Like, thank you so much for, for coming over. And uh, I'm glad it worked out, even though I, <laughs> I, I'm i sure it was me who had the, the wrong day in mind. Oh, I, I think it's just been like such a blur this week. It was been such a busy week, but I'm glad we got there. We made it. Yeah, thank you for having me um, no. when I arrived on your doorstep. And yeah, was like, oh, someone's here with me. my guitar. <laughs> pleasure chatting to you and i think you know we've communicated a fair bit during covid and both of us being musicians being in the same boat i think it's it's great to be out on the other side and to have been able to play a festival together yeah <laughs> definitely it definitely feels like um feels like things are getting a lot better so yeah definitely now give yourself a plug where can listeners find you oh so um i'm probably most active on instagram so it's just at aliyah e-l-e-e-a um facebook aliyah music spotify aliyah um all the other places you can probably just search my name and it will come up because my parents gave me a weird name <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah i'd love if you listen to my songs on spotify i've got a bunch of new music coming out in the next 12 months which i'm very very proud and excited to share um and yeah instagram i'm very um active on there so if you want to send me a message or you know tell me how great my music is <laughs> no just kidding um, but if you if you want to come say hey or, or follow along on the journey that would be much appreciated because we're all we're working hard to to bring it all to life so definitely yeah. and as someone who who definitely likes Aliyah's instagram she posts great photos of, of trembles her dog <laughs> yeah it's the main also, reason to come along <laughs> exactly it's like, honestly i just like scroll through. oh there's another dog photo. <laughs> and, and great and great food uh, recipes and oh, stuff. Oh, yes, so yeah. I we're enjoy both, that part. We're both plant-based, so we uh, we give, yeah, give yeah. some good inspo. 
Legit, every time I'm like, what do I cook? Okay, what's the Oh, I made a great uh, vegan bolognese the other day. Oh, I wonderful. definitely recommend. Excellent. We'll have to check it out. I was a terrible cook until I started to move plant-based. So actually, it really helped me learn how to cook. Me too. I was, like, I was a one-trick <laughs> pony before that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And uh, good luck on your show tonight. Thank you so much. You too.